Good morning, and welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb, and I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ, and it is my privilege to be with you today, and I am thankful that you have joined our program for today. Today we are going to finish up our our lesson that we, basically a discussion more so than anything, of answering the critics. Uh, Of course, we have been in somewhat of a debate, and maybe you've seen some of it, maybe not, maybe more so me because I'm a minister, but uh, as we, we look at what has been going on over this last um, last week or two, uh, there's been a great debate on how we should worship, and many churches have, have come up with some creative ways to still meet and to still have services, although many congregations have chosen to meet at home and to do so online or uh, maybe just, just in, a, in a more private manner as far as their worship services are concerned. And uh, as we look at, at what has happened, uh, it's been very interesting to see some of the decisions that have been made by the leaders of various congregations. Uh, however, uh, basically what we, we have been looking at uh, we do see some. There are some people who have criticized congregations for choosing not to meet in person. And I think that's very dangerous. And so we've been looking at some verses, answering the critics. You know, those that have used verses to to say that, that either congregations that have, have made the choice not to meet in person are in sin or to say that they are um, uh, they have some kind of a lack of faith. Those are, are basically the arguments that are made. Um, but whatever is decided by a congregation is decided in an autonomous manner. And that, that's what we want to, want to understand. That's what I want you to understand. And so we're going to look at scriptures that, that have been used against um, that decision. Uh, deciding to meet in our homes and and look at, at how that is uh, contrary to what scriptures actually teach. Um, it's okay to make a decision for your congregation to either meet. It's okay to make a decision not to meet. But to bind your beliefs, to bind your opinion on someone else is a very dangerous thing to do. And it does go against the principles of Scripture. And so that's what we're looking at. And and again, I I don't have anything against any congregation that has made a choice to to meet in person in some way or another. Uh, Making precautions, uh, taking precautions, um, that's okay. That's your opinion. that's, That's basically what your congregation has decided for your congregation, but you cannot bind what you've decided for your congregation on another congregation. And that's that's basically the gist of the idea here. Everything that I am presenting, I want to do so in a, a way that, that is in a loving manner. But I, I don't want congregations to feel, I don't want individuals to feel that they have made a wrong choice or that their elders have made a wrong choice because they have decided not to meet in person. 
uh, in caution and uh, making sure that their members are protected from illness. Um, choosing not to meet in this time is, is certainly a very valid decision to make. And it's the decision that our elders at Mars Hill have chosen to make. And so, in, in a way, I'm speaking on defense of us. Um, in, in a way, I'm just speaking in defense of, of all Christians, really, um, to make the choice that, that they need to make in regard to this ma- manner, to this matter. Um, but don't feel bad that, that your congregation has chosen a different path than another congregation. Each congregation is autonomous. Each congregation is under its own eldership or its own leadership. And those decisions can only be made for those individual congregations. Uh, before we get into what we are, are studying today, let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessing that you've given to us. We thank you for this day. We thank you for our time together, for the ability that we have to come together, to study your word together. And we pray, Father, that you would help us to be edified, to be uplifted, help us to be encouraged in every way possible. Help us to to be sure that we are making the right decisions. Help us to to do those things that would keep us faithful in your sight. Help us to, to end all of this to grow closer to you. That is our goal, and certainly we, we do want to be in your presence. And so we are thankful for this time and your word. And, and again, help us to, to have a good understanding of those things that you have taught us. Help us to apply them in the right way and and, and help us to, to make good decisions in regard to others around us too. We are thankful for your son. We're thankful for his sacrifice, for all that he means to us. And it is through Jesus that we humbly pray to you. Amen. All right, as we uh, get into our discussion for today, I will remind you too that if you want to make a comment, if you want to ask a question, uh, I'm giving you my email address so that you can do that. And I have my iPad and uh, I have notifications set so that, that it'll drop down and, and show me that, that you have, have sent me an email and I can check that and maybe apply that to, to our discussion. Uh, my email is bkwebweb519 at gmail.com. Again, bkwebweb519 at gmail.com. And uh, if you send me an email, I'll be able to see that, and we can apply that to our discussion. Uh, we've only got about 15, maybe 20 minutes to, uh, to, to discuss these things, and so I'm going to get right into to our discussion. Last week we began, uh, again, we have this idea. There are some that are presenting this from a standpoint of um, congregations or individuals being either unfaithful or being sinful or just having a lack of faith, uh, not putting their trust in God in regard to decisions that have been made in recent days to either close the doors of congregations temporarily or to keep them open in some kind of, of different ways. And, and again, there have been some very interesting ways that congregations have chosen to meet. Some are meeting from their parking lots. One 
congregation in particular uh, has uh, their mic set to a radio station so that they can listen from the radio in their car. And I think they have somewhat of a, a mile radius that, that, that it will reach. Uh, very interesting. Um, but members can be in the parking lot. They can see what is going on and they can hear it through their car radios without their windows being open. Um, and there's one congregation that, that has chosen to, to meet on their lawn in lawn chairs. And, and nothing wrong with any of that. They're very spaced out and they're taking precautions. And um, they have come up with some very creative ways to, to meet in person. Uh, for our congregation in particular, we have chosen not to meet in person because we have so many of us that are older members uh, that that would be at risk if we were to try to meet, and, and we want to protect them. We want to keep them safe from, from this illness and, and make sure that, that, that they are not contracting this, that they are, are, are not coming away um, in, in, in a bad respect. We, we don't want that to happen to them. And so we are protecting them in the best way that we know how. Um, so it, whatever decision has been made, uh, again, these decisions are up to congregations. And we have a situation where where I feel that some have presented this in a way as to bind this on their their ideas on other congregations. If they think that they should meet in person, and they are going to do that. They are determined to do that. That's fine. That's the decision that they have to make for their congregation. That that basically falls to the elders, to any uh, men who are making decisions in that regard. Um, they are responsible in making those decisions. That is fine for their congregations. But again, I do feel that some, um, maybe few, but some have presented this in a way as to bind this on others, and and they have that they do not have that authority. That's the idea here. Uh, the Pharisees were often criticized. They would bind on others their traditions rather than matters of the law. They knew the law, but they would take it into such a, a realm as to bind it on others and to bind them with burdens, heavy burdens. As uh, Jesus puts it in Matthew 23, um, but they would bind their traditions, not the law, but they would bind their traditions on man. And that was not right for them to do. That was not uh, within their uh, authority. And, and sometimes that happens. Today we see it in congregations. We have certain ones who make decisions on uh, whether or not to have Bible classes. Um, that that's a decision that that each congregation has to make for themselves. Um, we have those that are are non institutional, and so uh, basically the, the the same congregations have these similar ideas. Uh, some will will hold one thing, and some will will not. Maybe, but um, Bible classes, uh, not supporting orphans' homes and things of that nature from the church treasury. Um, that's a decision that has to be made on a congregation or by a congregation. Uh, whether or not to use one cup, that's one that is, is bound in certain ways. And, and it's okay for them to make decisions such as these for their congregations. And I have no problem with them making decisions such as these for their congregations. 
But when they bind those traditions on other congregations and say that we're wrong, then that's a problem. And I think in that similar respect, what they what people are binding on other congregations, as far as their opinions as, as to whether we should meet in person or not, that's that's that can be wrong. It can be a very dangerous thing. We have to be very careful of it. Uh, in my readings, there have been certain verses that have been used to present such ideas. Uh, one of the ones that we looked at last week was Hebrews ten twenty four and twenty five. Uh, of course, the idea of not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, and they say that those that choose not to meet are forsaking the assembling of themselves together. Uh, the idea that is actually presented in Hebrews ten is abandonment abandoning the assembling of ourselves. And that's not what is being done here. This is not being done on a permanent basis. We're not abandoning the assembling of ourselves. Some individuals will abandon the assembling of themselves together. Um, they will will choose maybe for a, a time, uh, maybe be not to, to meet at all. And that's forsaking the assembling. Um, but for us to choose in caution not to meet personally, but to meet in our own homes and worship God in our own homes, that is a decision that is to be made by individuals and individual congregations, and it is not forsaking the assembling. Uh, This passage does not apply to these instances. Another one that we looked at was Daniel 6. We looked at this briefly. Uh, I want to look at the verses We understand that in Daniel chapter 6 that Daniel's in a situation where the king has expressed um, on the advice of others, he has expressed this idea of not petitioning anyone but the king for a certain amount of time, for 30 days. They cannot petition their gods or anyone else, only the king. And Daniel we see, makes a decision based on this decree that he is not going to follow along with the rules of the king. He is not going to to honor this decree. And so, when he knew that the writing was signed in verse 10 of Daniel 6, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, He knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Uh, Again, the idea that is expressed behind this passage is a lack of faith. Because Daniel went against the decree of the government, against the decree of the king, he went to his room and prayed. Um, that we need to have faith and we need to continue worshiping God just as Daniel did. Uh, it's very interesting to uh, think of it from this standpoint. But Daniel went to his room alone. He prayed to God alone. And the government is not telling us that we cannot worship. I have not seen any evidence that, that it is telling us that we cannot worship for this period of time. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think we've been encouraged by our leaders to worship in our homes, to worship in privacy, uh, to not risk getting out and infecting others. Uh, we have actually seen 
where congregations have met. As a matter of fact, one congregation around us um, decided to meet and found out that one of their members has COVID-19 um, and uh, has been diagnosed with that. And and that's something that, that has affected their decisions going forward. Uh, they are no longer meeting in person for the time being, but have chosen to meet in their homes. There's nothing wrong with meeting in our homes. There's nothing wrong with worshiping in the privacy of our home with our families. And uh, men, good, strong leaders of the home, will encourage their families to worship, whether they do so by way of internet or whether they do so by way of uh, some other means or maybe just, just privately singing, praying, partaking of the Lord's Supper, having some kind of a lesson. Uh, there's nothing wrong with making decisions such as these. Um, but to to accuse others of a lack of faith based on Daniel uh, this comes out of the Old Testament. We cannot bind the things of the Old Testament uh, today. But, you know, Daniel, he was faithful in praying. And we see that that, that uh, affected what happened to him. He was thrown in a lion's den for practicing his faith. We are not being punished for practicing our faith in our homes. And so this situation does not apply. And to accuse others of of a lack of faith in this this matter, um, again, that's going against the the what I believe the scriptures to be teaching. And and looking at that, and looking at an instance from when a government did make a decision, when they did teach others not to speak about Jesus, there was a way that they handled handled that situation. Um, in Acts chapter five. Verses 26 through 29. Acts chapter 5, verses 26 through 29. Then the captain with the officers, uh, then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should be stoned. And when they had brought them, they sat them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you? not to teach in his name or in this name. And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Uh, the idea that is presented here is, uh, again, this idea that the government is telling us that we cannot worship. And again, I have not seen evidence of that. They have told us for a time being to to be creative with our worship, to worship in our homes. But they have not told us not to worship, not to preach Jesus. As a matter of fact, I've seen more so on the contrary, that we should continue to practice our faith, just not assembled together for the time being to protect our older members, to protect those that may be at risk, um, and we, we are told not to do that for the time being. Um, I, I don't believe this to be the same situation, um, and to apply it to this situation, I think is taking it a little bit far in our explanations and in our encouragements. Um, 
but that we should obey God rather than men. Absolutely, we should obey God rather than men. Um, but so far, I, I am not of the persuasion that the government is telling us not to worship. And so, as that is the case, uh, again, this situation would not apply in that respect. As a matter of fact, we are to be obedient to the governments as much as we possibly can be. Um, That's taught in the later chapters of Romans. Um, But, uh, again, to apply this to our situation, uh, I think, is taking it a little far. Um, uh, Another argument that has been made is from Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 through 20. And um, I think you have to be creative in using this one to use it for this situation. Um, I don't necessarily agree or disagree with the point that was made, but again, does it actually apply to our situation? Matthew 18, verses 19 and 20 says this, Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. The point that was made uh, in this passage, we, we tend to take verse 20 out of context and apply it to worship assemblies. And I don't necessarily believe that, that you couldn't apply the idea here to worship assemblies, but we can take it out of context. And we have to be careful not to take it out of context. Um, The verses preceding this are talking about dealing with problems between brothers and how we should take it to a brother individually. Uh, If he doesn't hear us, to take it to one or or two other witnesses. Um, and, And then if he still doesn't listen, to take it to the church. Um, and then we have these verses that we should agree together with. When we agree together, then we are in some way gathered in his name. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Um, I think it can apply to worship. I think we do have to be careful not to take it out of context. Um, but the idea that was presented is that whenever we meet in our own homes, when we are forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, so to speak, that we are applying this verse and taking it out of context. Um, basically, the idea that is presented is that we, if we are members of a congregation, that we should be meeting with that congregation regardless. And that thought I disagree with. Uh, whenever we come together, even if it is just few of us in a family, for instance. I believe that God is there in our midst. Um, I believe this verse can be taken out of context, yes. But I do believe that we can meet in our homes and still be in accordance with God's will. Uh, Based on Acts chapter 2, we see um, that they met from house to house and Part of that was was being together daily, but I also think part of that was, was coming together 
to uh, assemble together in some regard. Um, I think it's just as, as, as well for us to meet in our homes privately as it is for us to meet uh, in a church building. To even meet outside of the church building, uh, outdoors, so to speak. Those are, are all well and good. Um, but we can worship together, I believe, as family, as a husband and wife, as uh, parents and children, as even including aunts, uncles, or grandparents, those who may be living with us or, or may be close to us. Um, it's just as well for us to meet with them. Uh, as a matter of fact, if we go to a place that doesn't have a, a congregation close by, are we for, for forsaking the assembling of ourselves to start another congregation in our own homes with our own families? No, I do not believe that to be the case. Um, we have to be careful of how we do that. Um, make sure that, that we're not leaving a congregation for the wrong reason or, or what have you, not starting a church for the wrong reason, but for temporarily to meet in our own homes. It's okay to do that. As a matter of fact, whenever the church faced persecution, we find that there was much good that could be done, much good that could be accomplished in leaving the original assembly. In Acts chapter 8, verses 3 and 4 as for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere, preaching the word. They were scattered for fear. We have fear today, fear of this illness, fear of, of spreading it, fear of others getting it and being affected by it. We great fear. And we are scattered for a time. But can much good be done while we are scattered? Absolutely. Because we can encourage others to worship God. Uh, even from their own homes for the time being, we can encourage others. We can encourage those who are not members of the church by our faith that we continue to assemble from afar. And, and that could be a great encouragement to them. Much good can, be, can come from all of this, and I think it will increase our love for God, for Christ. Um, it, it can go the other way, but, but I think for the most part, people will be ready, and they will be excited to be able to assemble together once again when the time is right. But we have to make sure that we do so in the right way, and make sure that we're not doing so at the, the risk of others. It's okay for us to assemble it's okay for us to choose not to assemble physically, but to assemble in our own homes as long as we are continuing to assemble and continuing to be an encouragement to other people. We can still be Christians even outside of the church building. There has been the, the saying it has gone around that the church has left the building. And I think in some respect that can be a good thing if we do it in the right way. And as long as we continue to worship God. Um, but again, to bind on others this idea that we must assemble in the building or together we must assemble as a congregation. Um, 
it's a little far-fetched. And to bind it on others is equally as wrong as it is to to do anything else, really. Um, but anyway, we're going to move on from those thoughts next week. I have an idea of uh, maybe looking at, at just the family aspect of the church and what we can do to be an encouragement to one another, to be an encouragement as the church in this time of quarantine, and to, again, be creative. And and certainly there are ways that we can be creative in our worshiping today, and I encourage you to do so. I hope to be back with you again next Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. on the Gospel Radio Network, and I look forward to being with you at that time. Until we meet again, may God bless you.